you're tuned into Man's Best Friend, the podcast all about everyone's favorite animal, which is, of course, dogs. And uh, here we're going to be joined by a very special guest. Uh, I am, of course, your host, uh, Doggy Doug. And I'm here with our guest, who's going to uh, improv a, a dog-related name for themselves. <laughs> you really got me on the spot there. I have no idea. You, you could be like uh, Yorkshire uh, Terrier Terry. There you go. See, it's easy. <laughs> right. Okay. Golden Retriever Ryan. Man, I just gave you two. All right. <laughs> Jack Russell. There you go. There you go. Hey, that's pretty good. Uh, luckily, this isn't the uh, the whatever I said, uh, dog dog friends podcast. This is the photography friends podcast. But we are going to be talking about uh, dogs today, and we are joined by a photographer who knows a thing or two about dogs. And uh, if you guys have been listening to this podcast for a while, you probably know who I am. Uh, I'm your photographer, Jared Poirier. And uh, I am joined by another excellent photographer uh, who's actually not named, well, kind of, I guess, uh, named after a dog breed. <laughs> That's you. Jack Jackson. There you go. <laughs> Jack Jackson. I always want to call you Jack Johnson for some reason, well, which is definitely not happens, your name. It happens a lot. Don't worry. Yeah. It's like it, it, your name is like too alliterative to be true. So people just won't accept it. Right. Right. Yeah. Anyways, uh, and we're going to talk about dog photography because that's what you do, right? Uh, dog photography, and um, I, I do some portrait stuff as well for, for people. Oh, awesome. Okay, well, we can talk about uh, both of those things because those are both areas of uh, photography that should be, well, interesting to me and uh, hopefully interesting to the listeners as well. But before we get into that stuff, uh, I just got to thank our sponsor, CloudSpot, the easiest way for photographers to deliver and sell their photos online. Uh, you get some beautiful galleries, uh, some very simple uh, image downloads for your clients, uh, custom storefronts for sales. I've been using CloudSpot. Uh, it's a very excellent, uh, app, I think once you start using it, you're going to kind of wonder what you did before it. And uh, you can get a excellent deal, 55-0% off for the first 12 months uh, by clicking the link in the description. All right. So now that we've done that, uh, I can ask you the most, the most important question of the podcast. Uh, Jack Jackson, do you have a dog? I do. I have the best dog in the world. Her name is Jet. Jackson, nice. obviously, she's a boxer. And nice. She's crazy. <laughs> uh, she's uh, she's a little bit like me. She has a lot of energy. She wants to keep moving and she wants to keep doing things. Yeah, that's awesome. Good, good, uh, good companion. Good to test like new gear on and stuff like that too, right? If you ever need it. <laughs> Do you know what? I don't. It, this is dreadful. I don't actually take that many photos of my own dog no? because I always need. Um, I need someone to hold the strobe. And, ah. you know, so I can't just, I can't just go out on the fly as, you know, if I have an idea, I can't just go out and, uh, and shoot, but, um, so yeah. 
Yeah, usually if I'm taking photos of my dog, even uh, I'll get I'll get my wife to help out. You know, <laughs> yeah. she can kind of be there to uh, to hold the dog or pose the dog or whatever. Uh, yeah, the the strobe thing or whatever is pretty important too, especially for the the style of uh, photography that you do, right? Uh, so you know, I'm interested to hear more about your dog photography and portrait photography. Definitely, uh, I'm wondering how you got into the field of photography in the first place, though. Uh, so I think, um, you know, I, I worked, I can't believe this, but I used to work in, in finance for 20 years and I came across to Canada and I couldn't work, uh, whilst I was waiting for my, uh, PR stuff to come through, uh, not working is horrible. Um, so anyway, I was at the dog park a lot with the dog and, um, you know, I was just using my iPhone, uh, taking photos, but getting obsessed. And then I got a camera and I got more obsessed. Then uh, when I could work, I decided to start a dog walking business. So my camera was always with me. Um, and that's really, that's how it started. I I, I just got really obsessed. Um, I have since stopped the, the dog walking and I focus solely on my photography now. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a better gig than dog walking, you know, a lot of a higher barrier to entry. Anyone can walk a dog, but it takes a while to learn how to take really good photos of one, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, it was, it gave me a really good understanding of all different kinds of um, dogs' beh behaviors and how yep. to, you know, um, I was going to say manipulate, but yes, manipulate them yeah, to fair. get the you know, to get the best out of them in a photo shoot um, scenario. Yeah, that can be really tough, you know. Uh, I I think like another like analog is people who do a lot of like photos of kids and stuff like that, just like hyperactive uh, creatures <laughs> who are kind of running around all the time, and it's it's difficult to get good photos of them, right? And people often like see your photo and they're like, oh yeah, you know, just took out the camera and shot it. But uh, I know from doing a little bit of dog photography myself, there's a lot that uh, goes into it behind the scenes. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't want you to give away like any of your secrets or anything like that. But are there some like tips to kind of get dogs to focus and uh, get dogs to give a good performance for the camera that, that you'd like to share? I think, you know, like you say, it's similar to I imagine, you know, doing like baby or, or children photography. You've you've got to bribe them. <laughs> um, yeah. So as long as long as a dog is is treat motivated, like that, that is kind of key for me. Um, and there's other there's other stuff that I do as well. You know, it really helps if I if I have a couple of people with me on the shoot, someone to hold the dog, and then I can get them running in a straight line. Um, I have uh, a duck caller whistle to oh, really nice. get there. You know, I want. We want them to be very engaged. I want them to be focused complete. I want them to be obsessed with me to be looking because of the, um, because I use a fisheye lens. I The angles are so tight. I want them looking right at the camera. So I just want them to be obsessed with me. And, you know, normally it takes five, five minutes or so. As long as they know where the treats are coming from, mm -hmm. um, I can, I can usually do okay. Um so really, it's just bribing. Yeah, bribing, bribing and uh, having an assistant there as well, right? Like you were saying, is usually uh, pretty yeah. pretty essential for what the, you're doing. The other thing, and and um, you know, it it's so easy for dogs to be distracted. So if I can get 
if I can shoot in a, a quiet location where there's no dogs or other people, um, that that's good as well. And that that's harder said than done in Toronto. That is one of that is one of the challenges of Toronto is even getting a, a moment of peace. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but you know, I'd far rather be shooting outdoors for me personally than than in a studio. I yeah. So yeah. No, I'm like I'm like that as well. Uh, where I really enjoy the kind of uh, the more creative aspect and just like spontane uh, spontaneity, right? Of when you're just like shooting outdoors and you know maybe the weather changes, maybe you're trying a few different locations. It's a real chance to uh, to be creative, right? And that's to me that is more fun than the studio thing, uh, where you have like perfect control. Yeah, I like I think you know it's definitely harder like you say you know um but for me I think the dogs enjoy it more and so if the dogs are enjoying it more and just being kind of more natural then um yeah I I, I yeah it's the only way for me for sure for sure uh in terms of like specifics uh, when you're shooting i think one of the hardest things that i've come across like especially if you're shooting like dogs who are running uh like action shots and stuff like that is like nailing the focus right uh and like that can be really hard especially like it's mostly photographers who listen to this jack so we can get all like detailed and shit and really nerd out about photography right <laughs> so especially uh if you're like wanting that uh bokeh and uh you want to be using like those uh wide apertures like it can be tough to nail focus like do you have some tips for that in particular um i just so for me what i just I have a dog running in a straight line directly towards me. And so I will, who whoever the dog is most attracted to, I will have them standing right over me. I'll be lying on the ground. Um, I use back button focus. I, I've done that. Um, I've done that since I first found out about it. Use what sort? I, uh, it's called back button focus. Back button focus. Yeah. Um, so I just set the focus point and then, and it, and it tracks as the dog comes towards me. Okay. Um, there's probably a better explanation than that, but, but that, that's what I use. But since, um, in the last, when did I buy it? I just bought uh, the new Canon, um, Miramus, uh, which has the, the animal tracking feature on it yeah the, it sorry a, the animal eye tracking yeah feature is it uh r5 that you got that, maybe that's that's the one yeah man you spent five thousand dollars and you might want to know what it's called <laughs> I, i'm dreadful i'm dreadful I, I don't care for the names i just care for what the for good what photos does, but, right yeah you don't yeah. get uh too too nerdy about the gear mm-hmm. um but yeah it's so um so that certainly helps as well yeah uh, and then it's just practice. It's just, you know, getting that um, solid position on the ground, knowing exactly what the dog is going to do, which is hopefully come right towards me. Um, yeah. And, you know, also, to be honest, you know, I, I will I will do that shot as many times as I can get the dog to do it. So yeah. uh, it's all about as soon as that dog has stopped, getting the owner to leash it up and walk it walk it back i don't want it running all over the place i don't i don't want it you know i want it to be high energy 
Um, so I hype the dog up. Mm-hmm. I, I get the owner to to hype the dog up, and then I do the release. So we just get that burst of energy right towards me. Yeah, that's really interesting, man. It's a, it's almost like a similar approach that you might do on like a film set or like a short film or something like that. Like you get your actor in a certain mindset a certain zone and then you just like run takes like as long as you can until you're like okay we absolutely have it in there somewhere right and review it uh for uh for me very similar thing i mean uh the the opposite side of the uh company spectrum i actually when i upgraded i switched over to sony uh but on my a7 4 it has the the similar thing the dog uh, or whatever animal eye focus. And there's like a bird eye focus setting as well. Uh, yeah, just find like, if you have that and you do like a burst mode, right? And can't really go wrong uh, for those like action shots. You're pretty much gonna nail the eyes and you know, most of the shots, you'll have good ones that you can use, right? Yeah, and and like you say, it's quite, um, you know, I, I have to do it numerous times just because um, there's that sweet spot. Um, and the dog is in it for like one second, you know, where I can get the real the real blur of the background. That's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and you know, it comes down to the how many times I can get the dog to to run towards me. Yeah, sometimes they get uh, distracted or they just want to go and do something else, right? Like you're you're only going to get them. They're they're like uh, fussy fussy talent. <laughs> Yeah, and you you know, it, it's all down to finding the quietest spot where there's the least distractions. Like instructing the owners as well, um, you know, because the, obviously they understand their dog, but they don't understand the photography and what we're trying to achieve and how their dog is going to get bored after a certain point. And you know, I've just got that narrow timeline to to capture. Yeah, you know what makes them happy. Yeah, whenever you can prep your client, you know, and kind of set expectations, like that's one of the biggest things for me. Okay, like for photography, yeah, but definitely for video work, especially. Uh, I find that like clients tend to think that it's going to happen a lot like quicker than it actually does, right? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, we're going to shoot like these photos and a couple videos. That should take like three hours, right? And you're like, no, <laughs> it's going to take like uh, six hours or seven hours, right? Just to explain that, like everything that goes into it, that you do have to you know, arrive at the location, set up the gear, and then immediately, you know, not everyone's going to be giving the performance that you want, right? So establishing that with your clients, uh, something that I think a lot of photographers learn through trial and error, but that's one of the things that we try to do on this podcast is like, help you to not have to make your own mistakes, right? Um, maybe that's a good place to to kind of branch off. Uh, I, I love talking about mistakes. So were, were there any uh, like mistakes that you made early on in your career? Maybe uh, methods of photography that you tried out or uh, certain like demographics that you're trying to work with and it, and it just wasn't for you? Anything like that? Oh, so many. <laughs> okay, which one? Which, you, uh, tell us one of them. <laughs> I don't know. I I think maybe I've always had a tendency to like I'm I'm such a perfectionist and I mm. you know I want to make the client so happy and I just want to the uh, you know like, oh just just so many I I would maybe try and do what the client wanted when really I knew I knew what we needed to do mm-hmm. um, and it was just kind of having the 
maybe even the confidence to say, no, this is this is how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm very good at that. You know, mm-hmm. a client will say, no, oh, well, let's do this. Or, you know, a, a client will say, well, my dog can jump up in the air and I'm using like a fish eye so I get, you know, I'd have a picture of the dog's stomach, you know. Yeah. And it's just kind of, t- I, I'm always super tactful and polite, but just, um, you know, just trying to, now I will, I will, manage their expectations prior to the shoot i will give very clear direction um other things i've done wrong pricing i've done that so wrong on so many different occasions just thinking oh no everyone wants digitals or i just and and it's always been you know i want to make the client so happy but now i you know after and it's taken years you know i'm i think i'm five years into photography now and i feel that i'm I'm just at the point where I'm, I'm, it's all kind of coming together and getting I'm your getting, stride, yeah, getting it right. You know, I think it's one, I think anyone can be a great, um, a great photographer, but that doesn't mean that you can make money in the business. And, um, you know, I, so, you know, I've, I've started, uh, I'm restructuring my business with my pricing and it it feels good for the first time in in a long time yeah again for for yourself you also have to uh do that thing that i was saying for the client right like be realistic you need to be realistic with the client to set their expectations of like the amount of work and i feel like for yourself you have to be too right because sometimes you'll you'll really overestimate how easy something's going to be you'll be like oh yeah that'll it'll be simple and then you know you're looking at the amount of money that you got paid and the amount of work that you did and re-edits and you're like oh man shaking your head going like i i need to charge more i think that's probably like the the biggest challenge uh, that people have is like establishing that like pricing and uh, yeah, like what you're saying as well, like having the confidence uh, to to do that, right? Like where does that come from? Do you think the confidence to like put out a price and, and stand by it and like stand by your style of photos that you want to do? Um, I don't, it's taken me a while. So I just, um, I've been um, working with a business coach, a very uh, well-known photographer in Australia. And she just said, look, Jack, these are the boundaries. You set, you set how it's going to work, you know, and, and just someone actually saying, you can do this. You can, this is what you want to do. This is what's going to work for you. If people don't want it, they're, you know, they're not your clients. And it was just, I don't know, something has really shifted. Um, Something has really shifted. And, uh, yeah, you know, just going back to what you're saying, people... People don't necessarily, you know, lots of people say, well, can, can I be included with my dog? in the photo and then it's all of a sudden can my husband and my two mm-hmm. kids and then they don't understand that I'm trying to <laughs> you know that you have a vision well yeah that I have a vision but you know I would have to prep that kind of shot that you know and then I have to get the dog on the level with the humans so then we've got like four people sitting on the ground and it's wet mm-hmm. or I'm trying to get five lots of eyes looking at me and then a dog sees another dog and it just it, you know it can be chaos and and so and and like you say these things take time 
and they they just all they see is a picture on Instagram that looks really cute, and they don't know that I've scouted out a location that uh, <laughs> that, it, that it took half an hour to get one shot. Yeah, some sometimes it's just like pricing it not enough for a while, and and then you know that's always the best way to like solidify a, a lesson for me is like just fucking it up enough times where I'm like, oh, okay, I need to stop doing this to myself. Uh, so I don't know. Hopefully you guys can uh, can spare yourself that and just and charge enough money. But you're absolutely right. Like I think that uh, a lot of us, like as photographers, uh, we we kind of trap ourselves in that mentality of like, oh well, this is what people are going to pay, and you know they're going to run us this way, and the deliveries like we're going to just have to do it like how the client wants every single time, right? It's when you stop and realize that like, no, you're you're in control of a lot of things. You actually have uh, a lot of power to define things. And uh, yeah, being able to say no to a gig, like it, it hurts, but I, I do it sometimes, right? And you you learn to enjoy it, yeah? <laughs> yeah oh, for sure. And and don't get me wrong, Jared. I, I, you know, I still want to make the client really happy, but I know how to, I've been doing this long enough now that I know, I know how, you know, I know how to do that without I I know how to do that and and doing it this way is is going to be better in the long run for everyone yeah and uh having the the strength to do that and you you do have like your your own style you know you're saying that you you have something that you want to achieve and and a look that you're going for. Uh, maybe we could switch gears a little bit and talk about that. Like your approach to style. Uh, do you think that you need to, cause you know, like me personally, that's one thing about your photos. Uh, and like one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast, like it, your stuff definitely stands out. There's other people uh, like shooting dog photography, obviously. Uh, I think that you have like a pretty well-established style that people see it and they're like, oh yeah, like uh, this is recognizable. I've, I've seen this work uh, and people know that it's from you. Uh, are there insights that you could provide us? Like, what do you, do you think that you're constantly kind of experimenting? Do you try out a lot of different things or do you kind of find your spot and stick to it? Um, so I've been really, really bad at, um, kind of, you know, I found the shots that worked and the location that worked and, and I, I kind of stuck to it. And it's just recently, <clears throat> in fact, a client, client asked if we could go to this new location and it was like 40 minutes away. And, you know, I thought, well, I'll have to scout it. And, for whatever reason I said yes and I'm so glad I did Jared because it just it just gave me other um options to be more creative to get different shots um and just to challenge myself a little bit so uh so I am trying to you know it's a fine line I want to um I do want to challenge myself and 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 offer clients more options um but at the same time, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. So there's only so many different locations I can scout. And there's only going to be so many different locations that are suitable. Um, so I've been bad. I got stuck in a bit of a rut of doing the same thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to try and try and be a bit more open to certainly different locations, you know. Yeah. 
I don't know if that's bad necessarily, though. I mean, that's kind of the recipe for success for a lot of people, right? Like, I don't know, this is a dumb example, but if you look at like the most like dominant kind of form of media right now, it's like Marvel superhero movies, which are very just like, you know, we're just going to do the same thing. Uh, a lot of popular bands, they just kind of have been doing the same style of music for a long time. I think that is like one path to success is uh, finding a style and like sticking to it in, in like a very hardcore way and just doing that for years. Like you would agree that some people are successful that way, right? Oh, for sure. And and my style is, is um, my style is, is staying pretty much the same. I, I guess I just got stuck in a rock of doing the same locations and the same. Mm. And now, um, you know, I, I'm just trying a few different locations and also I'm I had hesitated about doing some sunset shots because yeah. uh it's busier, dogs are more distracted. Anyway, I've kind of opened that up and found a new location that isn't as um busy. So yeah, I, I'm trying to open things up a little bit. I think my style, I'll always use the fisheye lens. I love it. Or you know, if not a fisheye, then um you know a wide angle lens mm -hmm. um yeah and i i think uh what's her name uh hannah at goodboff's studio um she has a similar kind of style but she's she's indoor but i don't think there's anyone else in toronto doing those you know the fisheye the strobe the big um backgrounds and and i love it and you know i'm a huge fan of um of cat race in the uk and um oh what's her name i'm dreadful on names um doing great i have i have her book um <laughs> you can send it to me later all <laughs> oh, right i'll send it to you later yeah like bit. yeah it's that balance of uh experimenting uh experimenting enough and and also having your style right uh what is it about the the like fisheye lens look that you love so much like what is it about uh the fisheye thing that attracted you to that kylie greer her name is kylie, kylie greer, greer. Awesome. yeah she's awesome because it just makes dogs look comical you know it distorts them they're a bit more cartoonish like just makes people happy like we yeah. need happy right now we need happy and that's um i don't know i just think it looks really cool you can get really um uh really vibrant intense colors with the fisheye and the flash um you can capture obviously the landscape which i love uh just you know like shooting at sun i'm obsessed with like sunrise and sunset i it just i don't i just i love everything about it i love it um it's my go-to for sure um yeah, I find it works really well for uh, what you're doing because, you know, a, a lot of people use it for like another good application is like street photography. Uh, it's very popular in skateboard photography, especially. Right. Uh, but I think for what you're doing, it, it does work really well. It shows a lot of like it's it's quite dynamic. Uh, it shows a lot of the personality of the dogs as well, especially like the action shots, like getting so close up to their face. Like I, I definitely understand the uh, the impetus behind it. Yeah, for sure yeah it just they're just happy you know and goofy and then you can capture action with it like with you know i'll do the peanut butter shots and get their tongue going all over the place <laughs> and um 
um, you know, catching a treat. So they, you know, they, it's just, it's just something a little bit different. Mm-hmm, for sure. Uh, if we can, I know that you, uh, I know that you're not a big gearhead, uh, but, but a lot of, uh, myself included, you know, I have to confess, I'm a bit of a gearhead myself. Uh, and some of the people who listen to this podcast, they want, they want to hear the gear talk, Jack. So, uh, <laughs> you said that you're using the, can, can you indulge us? Can you indulge us with some gear talk? Well, I can try. I might have to give you the details later, but I can try. Give me that gear or something. I like that. Gear. All the gear. <laughs> gear. Okay. All right. We're going to do our best here. If you got to look them up, uh, I'm pretty good at just like talking. So I'll just talk and, and you can look it up quietly on your phone if uh, if we get lost at any point. <laughs> uh, so you said you have the Canon R5 now. Uh, you were using a like Canon DSLR before that, I assume? Yeah, I went through about um, uh, about four Holy ATDs. Shit. Wow. Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I was dreadful because I used to take them to the beach, dog walking, absolutely. Mm. Anyway, so I'm, I'm super careful with them, especially my new camera. I'm not taking that anywhere near the beach. No, quite a uh, quite a difference <laughs> in uh, in price there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, so so then you switched over to the uh, R5, uh, and what? lens so you mentioned like your main lens is like a fisheye are you able to tell us like the focal length and like f-stop on that or is that just going too far um no so the fisheye it's it's eight to uh it's eight to fifteen eight to fifteen okay wow yeah yeah and then with the f-stop um i will (sighs) ideally i'll go um you know, if if I can do, if it's a really clear day with sunshine, if I can get to f eighteen or something like that, hmm. that would be that gets the colours really uh, contrasty, really, um, you know. And I can almost what's it called when you get the sun into a um, like a lens like flare? Can, no, like a sun a sun star. If, if I can just get the sun, if I can eclipse it with either part of the dog or on a rock, I can get a sun star if cool. I go to about F18. Wow. Sometimes I don't have the available light and, you know, um, I might be down at F7.1, uh, but I don't want to go. Um, yeah. So between about F7 and F18, 22. Yeah, I'm noticing uh, with like quite a few of your photos, actually, now that I look at it, uh, not a lot of them have like a lot of uh, bokeh, right? Like it's usually kind of everything is in focus. Some of your newer ones, you're experimenting more with uh, like that, like depth of field, shallow depth of field. But uh, yeah, that's really cool. And then the the strobe light thing, uh, just to add like a shitload of light, right? Um, you'd rather have that than than grainy photos, <laughs> I guess. So on, it depends. So, I mean, I with my lenses, I use, so I use the fisheye, then I've got um, an 8.2, um, sorry, a, I think it's a 15 or 16 to 35, uh-huh. um, 24 to 70, which I don't use too, too much. And then 70 to 200, which, oh, wow. which I do use a fair bit. And that's a go-to for dog, for dog photography. Um, so with that lens, sometimes I will pop a bit of strobe on. I don't need to, 
um, but but sometimes I will, and kind of depending on the coloring of the dog or just uh, just the in you know the environment. Mm -hmm. um, with the fisheye, I will always use a strobe. My strobe is a Godox. It's the middle one, Godox. Um, I'll get back to you on that one. That's okay. And again, I went with that because it's battery operated, um, which obviously I need as an, an outdoor dog photographer. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not so big in terms of carrying it around, um, but it still lasts. It would last like in the middle of winter. I may need to change a battery, but other than that, it, it's perfect for a two to three hour shoot. Yeah, I would recommend. I would actually very strongly recommend uh, Godox lighting, like the the flashes and and that stuff. Uh, pretty much everybody at the camera stores when you go down to like uh, downtown camera or Henry's. Uh, Henry's has a new location, not sponsored by the way. Just a free shout out for those guys, right? Uh, they they always recommend uh, Viztech as well. Can't leave Viztech out. Uh, they always recommend the Godox lighting. Like, it's one of those places where it doesn't really matter that much that it's like a brand name thing, you know? So I think you can like save yourself a, a little bit of cash. And then for that, like lens collection. So were those all lenses that you had from before and you're like dropping in an adapter? Or did you like literally go out and buy all new lenses for your for your new mirrorless? Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. No, I, I use an adapter. And, okay. You know, what? When uh, when I got when I got the adapter and and the camera, you know, they said it, it didn't make a difference. I would still like to get, um, you know, the new lenses and, and not a use... difference in terms of what. So particularly for like for my running shots and the focus, I'm the I'm concerned. I'm concerned that that adapter. I don't know. The guy said it 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 it, it wouldn't make any difference, but. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I do want to get the um, the new lenses, but I, it's not within my budget, yeah. right? What I've heard is that because the, uh, so like the mirrorless are thinner, right? And because the adapter is essentially like designed to make the overall body the exact same size as a DSLR, that's why they say that like there shouldn't be any difference in the autofocus. But I don't know. Canon could just be saying that, right? To to make you want to like stay in that system. Because one of like one of the weird things about Canon uh, now, ever since they upgraded to mirrorless, is you can't use uh, aftermarket like lenses anymore, right? Like the the E mount system, like the Sigma, and uh, like those types of uh, lenses. They're not an option. Right. Tamron. So yeah, like uh, you know. Canon is still pretty awesome. I decided to go with the the Sony this time around, but I have used uh, the R6 and it's it's a decent camera, right? Like, I, I don't know. What do you think about like mirrorless? Like, was it worth it for you to upgrade? Are you absolutely loving it? Or are you kind of missing the the old ways of things? Oh my God, I, I love it. I um, So one of the things that I struggle with often is because I... Uh, I like to shoot at sunrise and because sometimes I'm doing, um, you know, it's a fairly low light and then, you know, it's running dogs. I really struggle with, um, with light, uh, with for the ISO, I can whack it up to 2000 and it, and it's, it's no, it's no problem. I could never do that with my, with my old camera. Like I couldn't go above 400 ISO. Mm -hmm. So, um, for me, it's made a huge difference. Um, the animal eye tracking, you know, I, 
it, it's it's a go-to camera for for, for your for your type of work that's a godsend right or yeah. a or a dog send rather yeah <laughs> yeah like yeah try, i imagine i like couldn't even imagine trying to do that uh like imagine manually focusing like a moving dog <laughs> one shot out of every like 2000 is in focus i guess you know like that's not great yeah. so um other than that like other types of photography that you're into, uh, you know, we've we've spent the whole episode talking about dog photography, which was kind of the goal. Uh, but I do want to hear about some of your other work, uh, some other stuff that you've done, like uh, you mentioned portraits and things like that. Like, is that still something interesting to you? Um, so another huge part of my work, and sometimes it actually takes up more time than my dog photography is the project work that I do, um, which is documenting LGBTQ people and rescue dogs. Oh, cool. Um, so that's what, um, that's what took me across Canada this year. I got um, sponsored by Pet Value um, to travel across the country, uh, exhibiting my work and um, finding more people to take part in the project. So uh it's hugely important to me um and that's the, great. the doggy dates thing right or that it's called the don't you want me project okay yeah yeah uh yeah i it's just been i don't know i i just absolutely love it and it's you know sometimes i'm torn between the project and 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 my dog photography um so i i kind of split my time uh, equally between them right now uh we're working on a documentary um for for the project um that's just in the early stages of development and um i also hope to do a book for 2000 for 2024 wow so yeah it's so, uh, so you're going to be busy that and uh you know your your new youtube channel that you're going to do weekly that you told me about your new there podcast. is no youtube no youtube for me uh, i've got enough i've got enough to keep me busy but um yeah the project work is it's hugely important and i'm you know and i've just met so many great people through that mm -hmm. and uh yeah just the possibilities are, are endless with that really you know right now it's just in in canada but um well it's still related to a lot of your passions right so it all kind of feeds back into each other i find and uh just keeping you like passionate keeping you engaged with uh photography and and dogs <laughs> is very very yeah. important <laughs> any way that you can do it so yeah. that's awesome man uh yeah uh if people want to check out some of your photography i mean uh we've been talking in specifics about your photography throughout this episode it might be really helpful if people are able to check out some examples uh probably is instagram like the best place to do that uh instagram or the website yeah so it's i've just rebranded so it was doggy dates toronto it's now jack jackson dog photography uh and on there there's also a link to my uh to my project work there's a really cool video of the of the whole tour that we did um this year um which people can check out cool. uh yeah and uh, the uh, Don't You Want Me project as well. Uh, there's like a website, Instagram and stuff for that. There's, there's a website and Instagram for that. Um, it can all be um, accessed through my um, Jack Jackson dog photography. 
um but yeah exciting things coming on that all right. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Jack, again. Thank you so much for taking uh, time out of your very busy life. I know that you've got uh, a dog to take care of. I know that you've got photo editing to do. Uh, so uh, thanks again for coming on and uh, sharing some uh, photography wisdom with everybody today. All right. Thanks for having me, Jared. And uh, if you guys want to check out this podcast, uh, I mean, you're already doing it, but you can you can find us wherever podcasts are, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're even on YouTube now. Been getting some decent views on YouTube, so so that's cool. Thanks for that. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. Uh, Jack will send me some of his favorite photos, and I'll put them up on our feed uh, so you can see some of his beautiful work. And, uh, of course, a huge thank you to our sponsor, CloudSpot. You can click the link, you can get 50% off. And since I know that Jack loves improv so much, (laughs) I'm gonna leave him the something random. Take it away, Jack. Give us something random to end the podcast. No, no, I do not like improv. You're you're cutting that right out of it, Jared. (laughs) Uh, Who let the dogs out? Uh, Woof, woof, woof. Yeah, something like that.